This week's episode is brought to you by Spew Apron. Every night in America, people have to put something together for dinner, which is why you would think Spew Apron would provide freshly made meals straight to your door. You don't want to make your dinner, you want to eat your dinner. So, we ship you all the ingredients you need to make your dinner and instructions on how to put it all together at a drastically inflated price. Add to that all the packaging materials and you get the added bonus of knowing that you are really socking it to the environment whenever you eat whatever it is we ship to you. Did I forget to say that you have to make our meals? Spew Apron, for when you want to pay eating out prices when you eat at your own house. Hello and welcome to Horror Movie Talk, an opinionated and accidentally funny horror movie review show. Your slubby hosts each week are Bryce Hansen, the cool collected nihilist, and David Day, a cool guy who is always in the cool guy club. New theatrical releases always get priority, but we also review older horror movies, both good and horrible. I'm David Day. I'm Bryce Hansen. That's Bryce Hansen, and today we're going to be talking about a whole bunch of movies. This is a different episode. If you're if you're a, a normal listener, get ready to have your mind blown by our new format. No, not a new format. Just a different format for this episode. Yeah, so this is more of a catch-up episode. Catch-up, yeah. Yeah, catch-up. Catch-up. A catch-up episode. Um, we see a Monster. lot of movies outside of just the, the weekly movies that we watch. Um, you know, we have wives that like to go see movies, too, and get a little jealous. Yeah. And so, and also, we have Netflix, and mm-hmm. we have other days that we watch movies. So, a lot of stuff creeps in there. Um, not all of them horror movies. Believe it or not, we watch movies outside of the genre. And uh, some of them are, are like, really interesting and, and stuff that we'd like to talk about that uh, don't normally get to talk about on Horror Movie Talk. So on this episode, we'll be reviewing plenty of horror movies, but also some normie movies. <laughs> yeah, more than once, Bryce, uh, you, I, I'll, I'll say, okay, sweetie, I'm going out. She's like, where are you going with your girlfriend, Bryce? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so there's a little bit of that going on. So I think I don't think we're going to do like the full treatment for each of these movies. We're not going to give a full synopsis and a full review and a full score. I think this is more of like tell you what it is, what our impressions are, any any talking points that you know. There's a couple of them that we've both seen, yeah, uh, that we can talk about a little more in detail. But this is more of like you should see it or you or you can skip it worth your time or not yeah 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 so we'll be talking about here's a, a rundown of some uh, of of the movies that we will probably be talking about on this episode we got cold cold skin which is a shutter exclusive you got creep show 2 you got eighth grade which i am excited to talk about hush there's creep which i'm also very excited to talk about then you have uh, the changeling yeah. i put down like pretty much everything i've seen since we started we might not talk about all of these or at least not in depth but um ones that i've seen changeling hellraiser isn't ro- isn't it romantic uh green book black black clansman spider-man into the spider-verse the favorite glass uh the favorite one movie glass another movie can you ever forgive me boy erased leave no trace Sorry to bother you. Um, That's that. Yeah, all those. So, I mean, a lot of those fall under, like, just what are <laughs> what are our impressions of the Oscars if we watch those. Several of those are, were, were nominated, but anyways. But before we get into that, uh, first we're going to plug ourselves. We got HorrorMovieTalk.com. Check us out over there. We There we have... Write-ups of every single review we do. We got a, a new blog. Oh, actually, I don't know when this when this um, this episode will be released, so maybe don't take my word for that. But we got plenty of big, long blogs by Keith, our blogger. He's great. Um, also, check us out on social media. We're most active on Twitter and Facebook. You can find the links for those at our site. Again, that's HorrorMovieTalk.com. We post new episodes every Wednesday, every Wednesday, so subscribe and leave a review of the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you listen to them. 
We, if you want to help support the podcast, you can do so very easily by remembering to go to our site, horrormovietalk.com, clicking the green button at the top that takes you to Amazon. So anytime you need to buy something from Amazon, just go to our site, click that link. You can bookmark it to make it really easy. And then we get a little piece of anything you buy off of Amazon, and it doesn't cost you anything extra. It just gives us a little bit of money. That's all. Just by clicking that green button, you get all sorts of warm feelies. Just the tip. Yeah, that's all you got to do. Just give us the tip. So also, another way you can support the show is, and get great access to great streaming content, horror content, is head on over to Shudder.com, S-H-U-D-D-E-R. It is a horror movie and show streaming service. And if you enter HMT at checkout, then you get a free 30-day trial of the shutter service and it's worth it so check that out a few of these movies are on shutter so it's you know it's it's fun and easy and you get 30 days free if you enter hmt at checkout so do that thanks again and let's get into the show do you want to do this one of my movies and then one of your movies yeah let's do that okay um let me let me just also preface it like this is a new format for us so uh yeah Please shout us out on social media and say what you think of, of this format. Do you like... Because normally we, we literally do just one movie and do a deep dive. Do you like us doing the shotgun approach? Yeah. I'm, I'm just curious what, what people think of it. Yeah, because it's easy It's easy to do, I assume, so yeah. far. It was easy to put together. Yeah. Uh, so the first movie uh, I was interested in talking about was a 2017 movie that's exclusively available on Shutter, and that's called Cold Skin. And I'm just going to give a brief rundown of this movie. Uh, this is the description that, that I pulled directly. In 1914, a young Irishman named Friend, it was very weird watching a movie with a man called Friend, travels to a remote island in South Atlantic to work as a meteorologist as the previous one passed away. The only other inhabitant of the island is the caretaker of the lighthouse, Gruner, who greets friend quite coldly. <laughs> Soon, the young meteorologist realizes that the death of his predecessor occurred not from typhus, which is the official explanation, but from the invasion of unknown creatures emerging at night from the ocean. Upon arriving at the island, he walks around, seeing strange rock circles on the beach. When he returns to the cabin, he finds the diary of the previous meteorologist, which talks of strange creatures from the sea attacking. Soon after reading this, he is beset at night by strange creatures. Watch the strange creatures. Friend hides in the cellar and jabs one who looks through the floorboards, causing them to flee. The next day, he calls Gruner to let him into the lighthouse to no avail. In the cabin, he discovers a rifle among the baggage, and then he makes a stand. Eventually, let me get you, give you the rundown of this movie. Eventually, him and Gruner, the lighthouse guy, make friends. And this is a very interesting movie. I wouldn't say it's great. I wouldn't subscribe to Shudder specifically to watch this movie. But I did have a fun time watching it. It did hold my, my interest the whole way through. And it is very alarming at the start. It's very Lovecraftian, this movie. Yeah. It's extremely, there's there's weird stuff in the ocean, unexplainable stuff. And then there's a very strange and off-putting sexual deviancy thing going on that is uncomfortable. And if if, if you can't handle that kind of stuff, this movie will make you upset. But yeah, so nothing nothing really to write home about on Cold Skin, but it is a Shutter exclusive and one day I just needed something to watch and I watched this and it was really well put together. It had a it seemed to have a good budget and um it was interesting. So I'd I'd say, you know, if you if you have Shutter or if you have a 30-day free trial all because you were smart and you entered HMT at checkout and got a 30-day free sub to it, I would definitely uh, give it a little looky-loo. Because, yeah, it was it was fun. Cool. Yeah. What's your first movie? Uh, let's talk about Glass. Let's talk about... I was interested. I, I, I haven't seen this. 
so Glass is the third movie in the Unbreakable <laughs> Unbreakable trilogy, I guess. Question mark. So, so uh, M Night Shyamalan, Shyamalan, ding dong. His second movie was Unbreakable and does not get as much love as it deserves. Definitely not. Um, after he followed up, um, you know, the I see dead people movie. <laughs> Sixth Sense. Sense. He followed up the Sixth Sense with Unbreakable, which was way ahead of its time. It's a superhero movie set in just reality, basically. Yeah. It was the first movie that really did that. It was way ahead of the time in terms of like the Dark Knight trilogy basically did the same thing, except still took the superhero part serious. Yeah. This was Unbreakable was very much like what would happen if a guy actually had super strength? Right. But just never realized it. Right. Um, and so that's the first movie. And then Split, starring uh, James McAvoy. I n have never seen Split. And I w should I? I'm, is it, is I'm, it James McAvoy? Is that right? I don't know. I think it's James McAvoy. Um, Split um, features a killer that, that uh, kidnaps teenage girls and has multiple personality syndrome and so much so that he changes physically wow not only his mannerisms but the the monster aspect of it is there's one personality that's the monster and that he changes and is able to like actually alter his like muscle muscle structure he's just a beast anyways um, is that worth seeing by the way split Split is worth seeing. That's yes. what I'm told. I'm because I liked Unbreakable. I, it wasn't like my my very favorite. It definitely not my favorite M Night Shyamalan Ding Dong movie. But I did like it. But I heard Split was actually like kind of legit horror and actually a good movie. Yeah, um, I think Unbreakable is my favorite M Night Shyamalan. Oh wow, Shyamalan. Yeah, movie. He's uh, Split is. It came off of, like, you know, there is a decade or more of M. Night Shyamalan movies that have progressively got him to be a joke. And Split was the first one that was kind of undeniable, this is actually pretty good. Mm -hmm. Like, y you would enjoy this movie. So definitely see that. And then Break, or sorry, not Break, Glass. Glass. Um, so, sorry, at the end of Split, it ties in the universe of Unbreakable into the universe of Split. Okay. Because it shows the the character from Unbreakable um, find, seeing the news story about the guy in Split. So in the third movie is Glass, um, named after Samuel L. Jackson's character in Unbreakable in this movie, Mr. Glass. He's the supervillain. And it puts all three of those characters together. So... Uh, Bruce Willis's character from Unbreakable, James McAvoy's character from Split, and Samuel L. Jackson, and uh, it's <laughs> it's not a great movie, but if you saw the first two and liked it, yeah, you should you should watch it. You might as well see it. It's uh, not a bad movie, but uh, what where does it get hung up? It's just there's nothing fantastic about it. Hmm. Like it's, uh, it's slightly clever. Um, it's interesting. It never really delves deep into any of the, um, ideas that it could, but it's, it's pretty much what you would expect. I would get, I mean, if I were to give it one, one to 10, I'd give it a five, oh, wow. a five or a six. So yeah, if it's, it's, I'm sure it'll be on Netflix pretty soon. It's worth uh, checking out if you're confused about what you should watch and you've seen those first two i think i think glass suffered from hype you know i think i think there was a lot of build-up yeah it's really weird to have a trilogy that no one expected to be a trilogy and no one really cared deeply about either one of the previous two yeah. movies yeah but then they turned out to be really good in terms of popularity i think split is probably the most popular yeah um Unbreakable was a sleeper, kind of more of a cult status thing. Um, Definitely one mentioned, though, when mentioning Shyamalan and Ding Dong. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so kind of a meh yeah. on, uh, on Glass. So my next, uh, my next movie is uh, a, little, a little 
movie called Creep Show Two. You might have heard of it. And we reviewed Creep Show already on Horror Movie Talk. Yeah, I had a really good time with Creep Show, which is a pairing between director George A. Romero and uh, writer Stephen King. So big name. I had a blast with Creep Show. So I thought Creep Show Two, no problem. This will be great. 1987, a couple years after the the first one. And if you're not familiar with Creepshow and the format, the format is it's a bunch of short stories. The first one's five five short stories, I believe. And uh, and they're all compelling in their morality tales, and they're creepy and fun and, and um, you know, nostalgic. Well, Creepshow 2 is not good. <laughs> in fact, Creepshow 2 is boring. Oh, and, that's sad. Yeah, it is sad. It really is. And they, was this released in theaters? Like, was it? Yes. Huh. Yep. Yeah, and I, I think Romero had something to do with it, and I think King had something to do with it, but not to the same extent either of them that that the first one they they did. I think it. I think Romero was like a produ- executive producer or something like that. So in this one, was it, were they all literally still one off, or did, what, did they try to time together at all? They, no. Um, well, yeah. I mean, they had – it was the same format, which is to say there was um, an overarching, like, um, like hand-holding theme. Like, at the start, there was a little boy whose comics got thrown away by his angry dad. Okay. And then it, it kind of um, uses that to, uh, to parlay into these stories. Okay. But, uh, no, the stories don't run – don't tie together really at all. And the three stories are Old Chief Woodenhead, The Raft, which is laughably goofy, and The Hitchhiker. Now, the Old Chief Woodenhead is about an elderly couple kind of living near a reservation that have the, the, and they have a kind of a general store with like this big wooden Indian, you know, Uh or Native American, I, I should say. But he's a chief and, you know, he's indigenous. Yeah. Person. Uh, uh, right. Um, First Nation. Yeah. And um, <laughs> and uh, he, so he. Long story short, he comes to life to protect the owners of the store and show the ruffian Native Americans, uh, First Nation kids who are threatening to kill him, the 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 store owner who is nothing but kind to the 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 people of the town. It's just it's just boring. The second one is the raft, which is it's like Mystery Science Theater three thousand level, goofy and terrible. Like it's it's like it's just like look how low our budget is, very low. <laughs> which is impressive because because the first one did pretty well in theaters, and I think the second one got a decent budget, but they just chose to like go so campy with it that. They basically took a bed sheet, spray painted it green, and then and then added a bunch of frills to it, and then put it on a lake and made it a bad guy. Now, and then you got some some spring breakers who got stuck on a raft in the lake, and they're stuck because if you get in the water, this thing comes after this bed sheet comes and eats you up. Don't get stuck in the bed sheet. <laughs> It's like a, it's like a uh, only, it's like a aqua only. It's like a next generation, Star Trek, the next generation. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's v- very similar. And then you get the hitchhiker, which I can't even fucking remember what that was about. So <laughs> this is a shutter exclusive, not worth even your time. If you got a shutter subscription, uh, subscription in my opinion. So don't bother with creep show too. What's your next, uh, movie? Um, this one was, I really liked, it's called Sorry to Bother You. I think I talked to you about this. This was a movie, pretty indie small, didn't have a huge wide release. It was only shown in like the, the downtown theater, which Mm -hmm. usually has kind of the, the smaller shows, but Sorry to Bother You stars Keith Stanfield, which you will recognize from get out he's the the first uh black guy that gets captured in like the intro to the movie okay and then he's the the friend that 
the protagonist recognizes at the party as like, I know that guy. Oh, okay. And he's like, but he's acting weird. Uh-huh. Like, he disappeared. Like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yes. So, and he's also in Atlanta, and he does just a fantastic job in Atlanta, the show mm-hmm. on TV, uh, created by Donald Glover. Um, anyways, the, the movie is about him getting a job at a call center and learning that he can be much more successful by using a white voice. And so, and then there's oh, a... Oh, um, sorry to bother you. Yeah, and uh, the voice that he uses, it's either dubbed by David Cross or Patton Oswald. Oh, wow. The there's, two whitest voices yeah. on earth. So two of... so. <laughs> There's him, and then there's another black guy in it. I can't remember who it is that they're like, you know, neck and neck for who's like the lead salesperson in this call center. And it's this weird, like, surreal movie, um, very much in the vein of like a Spike Jones or a it's Kaufman, Charlie Kaufman. Okay, sorry. Jeez. So it's very, it's in the vein of like a Charlie Kaufman or a Spike Jones movie where there's. Lots of weird, um, just surreal imagery and stuff. And it ramps up over time to where Lakeith Stanfield's character is, like, drawn into this world. And he, like, gets deeper and deeper into it. into where it reveals <laughs> the what actually is happening or what they're actually selling in over the phone. Oh, yeah, that, that's the other part of it. Gosh, I should have prepared a little more. But it's like a dystopian future also. Oh, so okay. what they're selling is basically you're selling your your life. <laughs> like you just sign into this program and then this uh, company takes care of everything for you. It's got like your your room and board and you just work for this company. Oh. And so you're, you're basically um, selling selling your body over to them. And then it's revealed towards the end, spoilers, is that they're t- <laughs> they're taking everyone and making them into, like, genetic pork and human hybrids. It's just so disturbing. The beca- chimeras are real! It becomes very suddenly disturbing. It goes Alex Jones all of a sudden. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> it's weird. And then you... F- yeah, it's just this is sorry to bother you. Sorry to bother you. It's really good. Worth like worth seeing. Worth seeing, definitely. Like it's it should have gotten way more attention than it did. It's very unique. Um probably not for everyone, but I would highly recommend seeing it. Do you recall did you see it in th- you saw it in theaters? Uh you know that sound your description of of the thing that they're selling reminds me of uh, um can't I'm spacing on the name of the the show, but there was a show with uh Jonah Hill and Emma um, Stone Stone on Netflix, and it was very surreal, and it was it was a lot of fun, uh, and I had I had a good time watching it, but uh, I can't can't recall what it was what it was called. Yeah, I mean, it felt it's like eighty percent normal movie. Okay. Sorry to bother you. It's yeah. not like a hundred percent surreal, but it's it's just off enough. That's why I love it. Is that it's yeah. a, it feels like a real movie, but it's just a couple things are like what that. That's yeah. strange. Like what they said is strange, or how they're acting is slightly strange, or the world is slightly strange. Yeah, and then it ramps up. So yeah, it's really so see good. See it. So my next one is eighth grade, which you and I actually saw together, and and uh, and this is not a horror movie at all, but also way scarier than any <laughs> horror movie I've ever seen, bar none. Yeah, and panic, in, panic attack inducing. And sim- and hilarious. And eighth grade is just a story about an introverted teenage girl who tries to survive the last week of her disastrous eighth grade year before <laughs> leaving to start high school. And she's raised by a single father who loves her but can't, you know, cannot understand her because she's so hard to understand because she's an eighth grader. And. Oh man, this was so real. This movie was so yeah. real. Did you mention? Did you mention who it was made by? I can't remember. Oh yeah, Bo Burnham, uh, the comedian. The comedian was the writer and director of of this movie. 
this guy is unbelievable. So amazingly talented. Powerhouse, man. Like just right right there with Donald Glover of just how how are you so talented? Yeah, it's because everything he does is great, it's polished, and it's better it's it's different and better than anyone else out there in whatever venue it is. I, I don't even I don't even like his comedy that much. Like I I I can't I can't get into specifically the musical stuff. It's just not for for me. You know, it's it's for someone else. It doesn't mean it's bad. It's just not Did you watch his special, the what special? Was it him on a dark stage with a lot of red lighting or like strange lighting and stuff uh-huh. like that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I watched a, a good portion of that before I just went this isn't for me. Man, that's see that's crazy cuz I think that was one of the best, most creative comedy specials I've ever seen. I recognize that. It's just it doesn't doesn't tickle my funny bone at you're, all. You're just not a big musical. I hate it. Guy, I really, I really dislike. See, for me, like I watched that and I was like, okay, well, it's it's just literally the the clock is ticking down to when Bo Burnham creates a Broadway. Oh play yeah, that's just fantastic. Yeah, like, for sure. If if the South Park guys He's can, va- can create a, a a Broadway show that's the most successful, you know, on Broadway, Bo Burnham will do that. Like uh, he's got the talent to do it. Everything about that's the thing about Bo Burnham is he reminds me hook, line, and sinker of Matt Stone and Trey Parker. It, it, just in his his wit, and his talent, and his his desire for perfection. Like it, it's it's Matt Stone and Trey Parker reborn, kind of into one person. Yeah. Uh, but back to eighth grade, this movie was so fucking real and so spot on. And, and furthermore, like it really highlighted something that makes me terrified for my children, which is the role that phones and technology and social media play for a kid growing up now. Because you and I missed that boat yeah. by a good five or six years. Yeah. And, and man... They even they they go way deep into into the social media thing on this, yeah. And it is horrifying to think about what little kids are growing up with now. Yeah, lots of shots of dark rooms with faces illuminated by screens, and yeah, it's it's haunting. It feels very familiar because in terms of like interpersonal stuff and the, oh, the drama that happens in middle school, like it's just a god awful time. Bodies are going through changes and, and hilarious. different times, and it's hilarious. And yeah, just the person, the relationships between parents and and children in that time of change is, yeah, it is a really great movie. One of the one of the greatest movies of 2018. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. It was. I I bought this movie on Amazon. I didn't rent it. I bought it uh-huh. at like. 20 bucks because yeah. i was like i need to see this again i need to show carry this you yeah know? and i mean notable is that they used all like literal eighth graders yeah like they there was the cast was kids and it's the it's impressive how good it is but how good they were in this movie the pool party scene the pool party the pool party in this movie Oh man! Oh, just the just the awkwardness and how you're just not you don't feel good in your skin. Yeah, you just know your body looks gross to oh, all man. the other kids who look great. Yeah, oh. I sympathize so much. Oh man, I got I, and then like the weird kids that like they don't realize that they'd be great friends if they just get over themselves, right? Kind and, of thing. And and her who, the the kid who you know she should be hooking up with, uh-huh. the, who should be her friend. I like. Like he was my all, he was all my friends. <laughs> yeah, and probably me. Therefore, yeah. and and he was he was so he was so laser focused on all these dumb fucking things that didn't make any difference at all. He had like he invited her over for for dinner, and they had chicken McNuggets, and he had all of the dips. <laughs> he had all, all it was. Of, it was adorable. Laid out, and he had them lined up in a very like OCD way. And he's like, "Which one would you?" And he like presents them with his hand, like in this, like this, like, "Which one would you like?" You can have as many as you want, but I just, I have all of them. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's really great. The other, the other, like, um, just 
too real moment oh. is when she's getting taken home by like an older guy and he's oh man it was very much like the me too moment yeah of he's coming on i can't even i, I like almost blocked it out of my he's memory. coming on too, too way too strong and kind of rapey a little bit but yeah. not not quite in that zone that that you you hear women talk about a lot which is like this was inappropriate 100 i felt attacked yeah but also like it's it's this weird age where everyone wants to have sex like everyone it's on everyone's mind at that age to where like yeah feels like everyone else is having sex or everyone's like becoming an adult way faster than i am so like i'm zoned in on this one person um but then when it happens to you when the opportunity is there or something you just like it's like it feels off it's like too real yeah it's like this is this is not like puppy love like it's like someone is literally trying to get me to take off my clothes and i barely know them and all of a sudden it's like uh yeah i don't know what to do with my hands kind of situation and all the reactions are perfect like his reaction even as the aggressor in this like he does like it's not it's not he's not a monster he's He's not he's not a total monster he's just a He's just a kid who's being driven crazy by his hormones. Yeah. And then his reaction is not like over the top, like 80s villain. It's like just frustration, frustration and being like a little bitch. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Being a total bitch. Yeah. Yeah. yeah great movie. Definitely. Like if, if you want a movie to laugh and cry to eighth grade, is it? Yeah. Watch must, it. Must see. Okay. This one. You've probably seen this one. Have you seen Leave No Trace? Leave no trace. Uh, catch me up. What is the one with? Uh, it was filmed in Forest Park in Portland. Um, it's a story of a uh, father and daughter um, are living in the woods um, adjacent to Portland, Oregon, and he's like a, a vet an army vet and like has PTSD and they're just living off the land. But then, uh, people discover them in this, this, uh, park and turn them into the authorities. And the people are like, uh, you guys need like a house. <laughs> uh, you have a daughter, you know, she needs to go to school. It's legal. You're legally obligated to put her in school kind of thing. And, uh, it's, is it Jeremy Renner? I have not seen this movie, to to my knowledge. Uh, you would love it. Like you know that 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 feeling that you have of oh sorry no it's Ben Foster Ben okay. Foster is the is the lead which is Ben Foster was in um, Hell or High Water right the brother to to Chris Pine right he does a great job in this movie um, just a f- crazy good actor like he yeah he is, is good. one that. You know, the movies that he's in, he does a great job and just melts into a character really I lo- well. I went back and watched Heller Highwater, by the way. Hell and, and him in that I oh man, he's just giving me chills thinking about this yeah. one scene where those kids pull up in that in that that new Camaro blasting that deathcore music and and he's he's look he looks at him funny and the kid's like all methed out or something like that and he's like, What? You wanna go? And he's like he he just looks at him like real calm and he goes, You thought there was ten of me. And the kid's yeah. like comes out with a gun, yeah. and then and then what's his name? The his brother yeah. comes out and just fucking levels that kid. Oh man, ah, yeah. oh, getting chills thinking yeah. about that scene. Uh, Hell or high water is just yeah, great. That's a ten out of ten. Yeah. Movie. Well, um, you know, going back and rewatching, and I I go eight, but uh, I'd go ten out of ten. Still, I've rewatched it and I still love it. It is a Anyways, chillingly this, good movie. This movie, leave no trace. They, you know, that feeling of you want to just walk away from it all and just live out in the woods. I have that feeling on a minute by minute basis. It's like a very Walden esque kind of reaction. Well, in this movie, he does that with his thirteen year old daughter. He, he takes her out into the woods, and they're just subsisting off of the land, um, and uh, and hiding. But then they get caught, and then it's just kind of the story of, like, the girl wants to, you know, is exposed to society, and she's like, I kinda, you know, it's pretty nice. Like, maybe we should do this. And Ben Foster's character is so damaged that, like, 
you realize like, oh, this is, it's not like a choice. It's a mental illness kind of thing. It's really, really bittersweet and beautiful. It's, you should really go see this movie. Leave no trace. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the thing about the thing about that. And one of the reasons why I have that inclination to leave (laughs) and to just go live off the land so frequently is because uh, having worked at the forest service for, um, you know, five or six years, I remember seeing scenarios where people were doing that. They were basically, you know, they were perma camped and, and, and furthermore, we don't think about it very often, but there is a large portion of society that lives quote unquote off the grid right next to our house. Yeah. And they are RV lots. Yeah. Places where you can, where you can just rent a little RV spot and just live. Those people are everywhere yeah. and they're not paying taxes and they don't have a piece of property and they just got to, you know, they do some chores here and there mm. and yeah, it's a weird, it's a weird subsection of society and there's a lot of mel- mental illness going on there and I belong there. Yeah. This one, <laughs> this one, I, th- I, if I remember correctly, it actually is based off of a true story and it was filmed in and the true story was, if I'm remembering correctly, actually happened in forest park in Portland which is literally like just a forest right next to Portland, Oregon, yeah. like just jammed up against it. And uh, yeah, it's really it's a really beautiful movie too. You should you should definitely see it. I'll check it out. Okay, so the next one is a horror movie from 2016. It's called Hush, and I believe you've seen this as well. Yeah, I watched this recently. Um, directed Probably. by Mike Flanagan. Yeah, the- and. The man who did lots of stuff that I like. So I mean, pretty much everything that Mike Flanagan has done is like surprisingly good. Like, wow, this is you. You read the plot of it, and you're like, okay, this is going to be a pretty generic horror movie, and they are, but it's pulled off so well and skillfully that it's that it's like must yeah. see. So Hush was one of those. Um, uh, Gerald's Game on Netflix. Gerald's Game is shockingly good. It's yeah. one of the best uh, in recent memory. The uh, the Mirror one. What was that one called? Oculus. Oculus. Yeah. Um, Haunting of Hill House, the series on Netflix. I mean, all these movies in that TV series are really, really good. Like, um, you expect it to be one way and it's... Not, but it's really skillfully another way. Bacon, ham, sausage. Dad, those all come from the same animal. Yeah. <laughs> Rightly so. Rightly so. Some magical animal. Yeah, as it turns out, Mike, Flan- uh, Mike Flanagan? Yeah. Yeah, Mike Flanagan. Just super... Real- I mean, it's like a Steven Spielberg-esque situation where it's like, you just know that it's going to be quality. Yeah. So Hush is a 2016 horror movie about a deaf writer who retreated into the woods to live a solitary life. Uh, and she must fight for her life in silence when a masked killer appears at her window. This is a movie that suffers from it looks like all a bunch of other movies, <sighs> so people like looked over it. Yeah, because it looks like Strangers. It looks like um, it is. It is a very home invasion movie. Yeah, it's a home invasion movie uh, featuring and like all the the marketing materials that shows the the guy in the mask. The guy in the mask, yes. and there's been a. There was a bunch of those movies where it was just faceless people doing home invasions. Yeah. And it the, was scary. The last 12 to 15 years have just been filled with that guy in that generic mask or a little girl's mask or a little piggy yeah. mask or whatever the fuck it is. So this one, like, that's what was shocking to me is that that mask was off within the first, like, yeah. quarter like or fifth of the movie. It was... You're like, oh, this is a different movie than I thought. Like, Which is, is a good a- choice because because as soon as he gets rid of that mask, he stops being like this this um um what do you call it? Like a like a archetype. Yeah, like an archetype. He stops being an archetype for evil and he just becomes a dude who really wants to fucking kill this lady. Yeah. <laughs> and, and and very plausibly. Yeah. It's uh it's alarming. It's like that that archetype, like the Michael Myers or the the masked killer archetype, is all about just putting a faceless image to evil, 
evil that actually exists. Right. And when the guy takes off his mask, you're confronted with, oh, there are people that are just psychopaths that want to kill people. Yeah. And that's way more frightening than just a random masked entity. Yeah. And this, this woman has a really tough time because she's deaf. So she can't hear, she can't hear what he's doing. And it's, uh, it's disturbing. Um, it is, it is a pretty good movie. I'd say, I'd say give it a watch. It's on Netflix. So why not? If you're, if you're in, if you're hankering for a, a really well-made horror movie, um, that you won't, you know, won't forget anytime soon. Hush, check it out. Yeah. One that I've watched on Shudder, won't take much time on this, The Changeling. It's a haunted house movie. It, it came up a lot in, in like, when people were talking about uh, The Haunting of Hill House. Um, the Changeling f- was mentioned as kind of, like, a really good, you know, PG-13 or PG general audiences haunting movie. And uh, it was good starring um, Sutherland. Not Kiefer, his father. Oh, okay. Donald Sutherland. Donald Sutherland, yeah. Um, as a, a man who just recently lost his wife and child in a tragic... Boating uh, accident. <laughs> <laughs> tragic roadside accident. And uh, he he moves into this super creepy old mansion and turns out it's haunted. And there's like a whole mystery behind it. But just really a really good example of... Um, not showing anything and just setting up like a slow burn, figuring out that your place is haunted to ramping up to figuring out what's going on and, and trying to solve it. Not, it was a little boring to me, like didn't really live up to the hype, but if you have Shudder and you, and you want to see a haunted house movie, that's, uh, you know, people, haunted people house mention, movie. yeah, you can watch the changeling. Yeah. HMT at checkout. <clears throat> Uh, my next movie is one of my very, 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 very favorite movies that came out of total left field for me. It is Creep from 2014. And uh, and a, th- th- here's the rundown of it. A young videographer answers an online ad for a one-day job in a remote town to record the last messages of a dying man. <laughs> When he notices the man's odd behavior, he starts questioning his intentions. Creep, I found by accident, I think surfing through Netflix one day, a year, maybe two or three years ago, and I've watched it five or six times since, and I love this movie. I love everything about this movie. It's, what's 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 the main actor's name? Mark Duplass. Mark Duplass's swan song he was made to make movies of this variety where it, it treads this razor-thin line be- between complete complete insanity and inappropriateness and hilariousness. Yeah. True. Like, very, you're never sure what you should be yeah. feeling. But in uneasiness of, is, is it. Yeah. In terms of found footage movies, this has got to be top five. Yeah. In terms of, like... And it's unique in its setup of why it's being filmed. It has that's one of the reasons why, like, if you're gonna do a found footage movie, please, please have a good reason for why yeah. everything is handheld and why normal people would be filming this. And it's great because the explanation is a crazy guy is asking you to film him. Yeah. With with money, holding money yeah. over your head. Um, yeah, it's fantastic. There's also Creep 2 oh, man. who came out, and he's working on Creep 3 and, right now. So We'll talk about... Oh, man. So I guess we can talk about Creep 2 now as well. Both of these movies, they're not... Fu- like, I was so happy when I watched Creep 2, and it wasn't bad. It was, In fact, it was almost as good as the first. Yeah. Maybe as good. It's yeah. hard to say. I mean, I don't, I don't think it can be as good as the first, just because the first is so unique. I, yeah. I think... Yeah, I came across Creep. I think I told. You I think he it. was a he was a guest on the Adam Carolla show, and they were talking about it. And I was like, and they were he, Adam was so over the moon about this movie that I was like, I should I should probably check that out. And I think I might have talked to you, and you're like, yeah, you should you should watch. Yeah, it. Yeah, I think something like that. Um, so I watched it on Netflix, and yeah, it's 
so good at putting you in a place where you're you are genuinely not sure where this movie is going like you genuinely can't tell whether this guy is harmless or nefarious and it jumps back and forth between those two so often that i don't know how he pulled it off he's brilliant he's the steve carell of yes you know of 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 horror genre uh, and and yeah, and this is like if michael scott was a serial killer basically it isn't even horror like it kind of is it's it's hard <laughs> to classify this movie because it's just unease yeah and and funny and like, awkward it's yeah. fun and funny and uh and if you're if you're scared of of horror movies because of the imagery or 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 just just feeling very worried this movie is good this you go and or watch this on netflix creep and creep 2 are worth your time they're one of my favorite this my favorite i'm so excited for creep 3 this could go on ad infinitum i'd be okay with it i i can see how this would work creep four five six seven eight like just to him running down the list of of people um Okay, let me let me just like bulk, like block together the uh, Oscar related movies, the the movies that were nominated for an Oscar. So we've got "Can You Ever Forgive Me," starring Melissa McCarthy as a woman that uh, is a failed author or a floundering author, and she found that she could make money by selling forgeries of. Letters from prominent authors. Oh. And it's really, you know, she does really well as, like, a dramatic actor in this movie. Like, surprisingly well. And it's a really great small movie. I recommend seeing it. Um, It's a unique story and really great storytelling. Um, I think she was nominated for Best Actress in that it won best no that's not right and the 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 guy was nominated for best supporting actor uh the favorite we both saw right yeah we i think we saw the favorite to no i saw the favorite with my family yeah and they this was directed by yargos lanthimos yorgos lanthimos yorgos lanthimos which Directed The Lobster and... Killing of a Sacred Deer. Killing of a Sacred Deer, which we have an episode on. That Have we released it yet? Yeah, we released it. Um, I believe. No, I don't think we have yet. Oh, yeah, maybe not. Um, it's worth checking out, in my opinion, yeah, not so in Bryce's he's, opinion. He's a super unique director. Um, I love his style. And I love his this style. This one is the most like general audience friendly in terms of plot. Absolutely. It's a period piece where um the Queen of England is Gotta keep the fucking King England out of your face. <laughs> the the Queen of England um has suffered a lot of tragedy in her life and she's pretty broken and her advisors are basically controlling her and the government through her. And it's starring Emma Stone mm-hmm. as like a newcomer and uh Rachel Weiss as the the puppet master for the for the queen that's being usurped by Emma Stone. My old heartthrob and my new heartthrob. So it's I had such a raging clue for uh, Weiss <laughs> in the mummy like oh my god. Yeah. I love her. Uh so this was this is probably uh, Lanthimos's best movie in terms of like being watchable. Yeah, um, yeah, it's definitely definitely worth seeing. Yeah, the, the, let's let's be clear. The favorite is a spectacular movie. Yeah, in my opinion, it's it should have taken it should have swe- swept. Yeah, it's a very good character study, very good like interpersonal drama. Um, and also really funny. Yeah, very funny. Dry funny. Very dry, very... Uh, yeah, and it, and it delves into mental illness. Yeah. Uh, the two movies this year that were... The, the two movies about race relations mm-hmm. that were nominated for Best Movie were Green Book and Black Klansman. And Black Panther. 
and Black Panther. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, Black Panther should should get the best picture. It oh, should geez. be up against all these other serious films. Um, out of the two, Black Klansman's definitely the better film. Like I think it should have been. It it probably deserved winning more just because it's Spike Lee deserves it. Um, but it was it's one of those movies that yes, it's highly political and it it uh, very overtly ties it to modern day through imagery and and through stuff. It's very. It's probably my favorite Spike Lee movie I've seen so far, um, and I'm I'm your I usually like roll my eyes at you know they're like all right let's mention Charlottesville like yes right. this is him this is what I'm trying to tell you that those moments in movies I just roll my eyes I'm like why didn't you just leave that out why couldn't you just let it speak for itself right it's so but much it, more powerful if it just speaks on its own without you going Charlottesville everyone let's give them a hand but this one. It was done so skillfully and artfully that I was like, yeah, this really actually affected me. This is literally like winning me over to Spike Lee's um, vision of like of how this relates to, you know, history, Mm. basically. Yeah, it's definitely definitely worth a watch. Green Book is a passable movie. It's exactly what you would expect and kind of. I can understand why people are rolling their eyes about it winning Best Picture, you know, especially when Black Klansman was nominated with it. <laughs> like And Black Panther, though. I mean... Yeah. And, uh... But... Meher... Meher Shalal? Hoshbaz? Meher, whatever his name is. Uh, Mahershala. Sorry. Mahershala no di- Ali. No disrespect, just inability. Yeah, Mahershala Ali and uh, Viggo Mortensen are great in it. It's a good movie. It's ironically one best picture, and it's written by the same guy that wrote Dumb and Dumber and Kingpin. Who <laughs> should have won for Dumb and Dumber? By I the way. know, right? Uh, but it's <laughs> you don't. It's not a must see. You could pass that one, but I would recommend Black Klansman. Cool. Um, cool, 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 cool. And the other, the other final oscar one is spider-man into the spider-verse which won for best nominee best animated film. i still haven't seen it I you call- haven't i called this from a mile away though everybody was like it was like oh are you excited for uh for aquaman i was like no but i tell you what you should be excited about is spider-man into the spider-verse because i know i know somewhat of the story and where this is coming from and the characters that are involved in this it's going to be great and then every everything I've heard about it since then has been like, you need to watch this. I'm like, yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I, I told told you that many it's, months ago. It's a, one of, if not the best Spider-Man movie, which is impressive. This could be, from what I'm told, this could be the best Marvel movie. Like, maybe, period. I mean, it's, it's competing. I which mean, it's definitely, imp- it's the best, like, comic booky movie. Right. Like, it's... Which in is terms impressive of like, because it came from Sony. Yeah, because it's in terms of like movies that are emulating comic books, not just movies that are using comic book as characters. inspiration. Yeah, um, this is the best comic booky movie right that's ever been made. Yeah. Let's not forget uh, Hellraiser. What did you think of Hellraiser? Hellraiser? Yeah, I finally watched Hellraiser, and yeah, I get it. Yeah, yeah, that's. <laughs> It's a great movie, huh? Yeah, it's really disturbing. And, like, the the gloopy, like, special effects of him as Everything he's recomposing. Everything is so wet. Oh, it is really disturbing. It just feels like hell. And you're like, all right, yeah, this feels about right. I yeah. remember seeing, I remember coming across one of the sequels when I was younger, and it was it was too disturbing for me. It was like that line that was like, I'm too young to be watching this. Yeah. I'm going to move on because I don't like how it's making me feel right now. I feel gross inside. And even watching it now, it's like, Ooh. yeah, this feels, oh, this feels so dirty and gross. Yeah. Like, if, yeah. Hellraiser is a, is a overlooked and underappreciated movie that I think now has that, has that badge on it. You know, people, people quote unquote in the know. Go, oh, Hellraiser, yeah, it didn't get the love it deserved. Yeah. So it's kind of on the back end, it's getting the love it deserves. Uh, and, you know, actually, it's interesting because 
<clears throat> I've read a few things recently, uh, discussions about Hellraiser, mostly on horror-themed subreddits, where people are saying – now, are pe- people are saying, you know, Clive Barker is underappreciated, just in general. Mm-hmm. And he should be up there with Stephen King. He, his his work should be appreciated at the same level and vera- and and ferocity as as King. Whether or not that's true, I have no idea. I can tell you, I don't. I'm not a big fan of of reading King. Uh, I have have never read any of Clive Barker's work, but I have a feeling that that's not necessarily true. Just because Clive Barker does not put out the same amount of work uh-huh. as King, and so yeah, less hits, less shits. So yeah, De- Hellraiser definitely. If you're a horror fan, like you, sh- you should watch that. That's it is unique and it feels has a really unique feel and tone to it. Yeah, to where, and some of the one of the greatest horror movie villains that the the wife of the oh yeah goopy man <laughs> <laughs> the wife of the go- goopy man yeah she was she's a great villain yeah. All right. Well, I got two left. These are these will be quick. Uh, recently saw "Isn't It Romantic," starring Rebel Wilson, and this is a a meta movie about romantic comedies. It's about this woman. It's Rebel played by well, Rebel Wilson, so she's like overweight. You know, she's not your typical okay. know, protagonist in a romantic comedy, and. She grew up jaded towards romantic comedies because her mother taught her to be jaded towards romantic comedies, saying, like, this is not how real life works. Like, no man is going to come and rescue you. Look at us. We're, we're ugly oh, and fat I've, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I've seen, I've seen this. And so she grew up, like, hating romantic comedies. And then she gets a – it's a very 80s premise. She She gets her head hit and wakes up. And she's inside a romantic comedy. Like, all of a sudden, everything is, like, cookie-cutter out of a generic romantic comedy and a lot of, like, genre commentary and breaking the fourth wall kind of stuff. And it is really funny. Like, I genuinely laughed several times in this movie watching it with my wife. Oh, cool. And I've also seen a lot of romantic comedies, too. So, I mean... Yeah, it's really funny. You should you should see it. If you're looking for like a date movie, it is really funny or really fun watch. Isn't and, it romantic? Uh, yeah, isn't it romantic? Check it out. And then um the last one I have is Boy Erased. This one is a drama about um ex gay therapy. Oh <laughs> so yeah. It stars Nicole Kidman and Russell Crowe as parents to the protagonist which is played by some guy making Tim- movies making songs to fight around the world i don't think it's timothy let me look it up i'm sorry I timothy Leary? Leary? no timothy chalamet maybe let me let me look it up Boy. salad mayonnaise played by lucas hedges you would recognize him from don't care he was in ladybird Oh, I liked Ladybird a lot. Was he? Who's this guy? He was in Grand Budapest Hotel. Oh, that was uh, a good he, one. He's got a face that you would probably recognize, but he's not. Anyways, so the the boy in Boy Erased figures out that he's homosexual, and his father, played by Russell Crowe, is a which makes perfect a, sense. Is a Christian pastor. And there is a super, super conservative Christian family, and they are devastated when he comes out to them. And so, you know, his upbringing was this Christian upbringing, and he felt like, you know, he was sinning, being homosexual. So they sent him to this gay convert or this uh, conversion therapy or ex-gay or... um, uh, what's it called? Reparative therapy. There's lots of different words for it, but they sent camp for for gay gay dudes. <laughs> they sent him to this camp where they try to heal him of being gay. Um, and you know, spoiler alert, it doesn't work out great. Antics ensue. <laughs> this is 
this is a movie that's pretty in terms of like feeling real it's right up there with eighth grade Ooh. I'm, not, I'm not joking like the, this isn't a movie that i want to experience the thing about it is though. like the there's no like over the top villain like everyone seems there's just reality real Oof. and people have real motivations and they just have just you know real life fucked up ideas about what is acceptable and uh, how, how people operate and what and the explanation for things and so it's really fascinating watching it and seeing this guy go through it and struggle like really struggle between coming to terms with um what it means to be homosexual is it is it a choice um can it be fixed like are the people are these people really helping anyone and the the other patients that are in the therapy like um some of them it works for me some of them are yeah like going through uh, there there's a lot to unpack in this movie but it's 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 pretty dry there's nothing like super dramatic about it that like lets you come away like saying like okay this is a morality play about this even though it is um it feels very real and feels like as unsatisfying as life is (laughs) While at the same time making you feel pretty good about the journey of this one guy. Isn't it weird how all these sorts of things kind of boil down to you're different. Don't don't be different. Like, please, you're making others uncomfortable. (laughs) Right. With your difference. And how much of life is that? Like, is let's just try and not. Can you you tone it down? Can we just maybe not be gay as gay? What if you just chose not to be gay? Okay, but. Okay, go ahead and be gay, but marry this woman, have some kids, and be miserable for the rest of your life. That For me, that'd be great. Yeah. Because I'm uncomfortable with who you are. And you are too, because I'm uncomfortable. Because cause everybody else is uncomfortable about what you are. Like, Yeah, I mean, this is, this is like, this topic is really fascinating to me, so I really wanted to see it. And it's got a, a great cast. Why was it fascinating to you, Bryce? I mean, I grew, <laughs> I, I grew up Mormon, and so this is a big part of like what I had a problem with with the church is how they treat homosexuality and like how they their attitudes towards it. And, yeah, and uh, you know, I had a friend that was that was gay in high school, and he left the church, and it really affected me how like just wrong thinking about it just like not being tied to reality this isn't like, fair this isn't what god would do yeah kind of thing yeah like, no and just saying like no like we love gays like we we love all people but you're not defined by being homosexual and it's simple just never be in a relationship with people that you love or are attracted to just It'll, be miserable for the rest of your life and we'll be good yeah and god will love you <laughs> It would make, yeah, like you said, it would make us feel more comfortable if you just didn't, didn't, <laughs> just stop, um, just stop, stop it. It would make us feel better. Yeah, that's really that's uh, that sounds like a really interesting yeah. uh, movie. I'd like I would to. I would recommend it. Um, I would give it probably like a six or seven. It's not like fantastic. It's definitely like a streamer or a renter. Okay, not that you could see it in theaters right now, but. And with that, that's what, that's all we got. So let us know how you like this uh, this slightly different, uh, very different format from normal. Thank you for listening to sh- to the show. Share the show with a friend if you can, uh, which you c- definitely can because it's like two button clicks away. So do it. Not really, please. Definitely do it. Also, if you want to support the pod, remember. Check out our website, HorrorMovieTalk.com, and anytime you got to do any of your shopping, go ahead and click through the link at the top of the page. It's green. Bookmark it. It'll bring you to Amazon, and then from there, you can do all your shopping. It doesn't cost you anymore. It just gives us a little peace. You don't even have to leave your house. You can sit. You can drink your wine and and order stuff off of the amazon order yourself a bunch of cat litter and be like ah, the french <laughs> champagne 
so uh, another way you can help support the show is head on over to Shudder, S-H-U-D-D-E-R.com, the horror movie streaming platform for movies and shows. And if you enter HMT at checkout, you will get a free 30-day trial of the service instead of a seven-day free trial. What? Yeah, you get the full 30 days instead of the seven day. And then if you choose to, you know, pay for the service, uh, I believe it's like three or four dollars a month if you subscribe for a year. So not not a big ask. So head on over to Shutter HMT at checkout. And thank you so much for listening. We love you very much and have a great rest of your day. Bye. Bye.